Well, hello, everybody. We are on Align with Lina Live on Facebook. And I am so excited to have a guest um, that I think many of you are going to be able to relate with. And her name is Francine. And we met a couple of years ago when Francine was um, recommended by a friend of mine and suggested that she might be a wonderful candidate to come to my Power of Awareness workshop. So Francine came in from out of town, participated in the workshop, and we had a wonderful, wonderful time. And the reason I wanted to have her be one of my guests is that, as you know, these conversations are all about helping people align with the truth of who they are. Even though I call this align with Lina, you're not aligning with me. You're aligning with your own self. I just happen to be the facilitator of these conversations. And every single one of us is going to align with the truth of who we are. And the cool thing is that when you align with the truth of who you are, every one of us is going to express uniquely, individually. Everything is going to look differently in terms of the way that then we express that alignment in the world. So Francine, I am so excited that you're here. Let's go ahead and start the conversation by sharing a little bit about um, your experience in the power of awareness, and that will start that will start the ball rolling. So tell me, what was it like for you without knowing me, just coming into an entire four day workshop? Wow, that was really intense. It was at a time where I believe that the universe was looking to learn how to step into our fullest selves. So I was invited from a transformational music and art festival with Lori. And um, yes. yeah, not knowing anybody in Georgia, being from New York and showing up, you know, in the beautiful basement of your house and not knowing what it was about, not knowing what I was in for. But my whole entire life was based out of, you know, surviving from a life full of abuse, uh, both domestic and drug abuse and a lot of so self-loathing behaviors, actually. So your workshop was the, what I would say for me, the awakening, even though I came into this world really conscious and awake as an indigo myself, you know, I always consider myself a, a truth sayer and always really connected to spirit and channeling and talking to God. Um, at that point in 2000, was it 15? I, believe? I think so. Yeah. 2015. I didn't have the meat of how I would go from living a life of suffering and step into the the fullest aspect of who I could be. Yeah. And I never could be anything. I was limited, especially by the voices in my head. I had so much negative um, self-negating talk, but also from other people like the people that I was raised by. And uh, I didn't have any people that I could go to that were trustworthy that would teach me something that I believe that we should be taught in school. So your <laughs> workshop was not just something where a, a woman or a man gets in front of a, a group and starts talking about, you know, awakening and how maybe we can actually make the shift with a bunch of words. It actually was a hands-on vocal, heart-to-heart, -heart, soul to soul, small intimate connection where, you know, we got to go through you know, what I believe is, you know, how did we get to where we're at right now today? So you helped us through certain exercises reveal, you know, what was, what's our story? What story are we telling ourselves? What are we, 
what are what are we believing and where did we get our belief system? I would say that the thickness of your work was in the beliefs. There's a plane going above. <laughs> But the belief systems were something that I didn't know a lot about. Like, where did I get my belief system from? And I didn't really know why. And so when we started to do the exercises, like I, I often go to that moment where um, we're, we're learning, you know, we're taking the people from the class and we're going in front of the classroom and we're using our own life experiences as, okay, well, this is going on in my life and you got to walk us through where we were limiting ourselves. And not only did you allow us to see where we were limiting in ourselves, but you gave us um, a whole group of words and exercises and ideas that would allow us to step literally over that line and to be able to awaken within us new possibilities, new solutions. And uh, probably the rawness of it all was being uh, exposed in front of everybody while you know, you were in the thickness of this work. And really, honestly, without that work in 2015, I would have never been able to like go from city to city, state to state, working with the youth, because uh, as we found out in the tr spiritual transformational music and art festival communities, uh, a lot of us did not know what we were doing and we were awakening our hearts and we were wanting something better, but we did not know the work that we had to do. I was clueless as to how to deal with me being triggered, right? Yeah. I was yeah. literally in a loss of how to maybe show up for others. You know, I was there counseling and mentoring children, but what did I have to give them that was in the new earth? I mean, this wasn't something we were taught in school. And I believe that it's a platform, what you're teaching for social emotional education. And I'm a big advocate for looking for new methods to teach our children that would get us into the heart and awaken us to who we really are. So it was really, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yes. And well, um, I always knew because I, you've stayed in touch and, and it's wonderful when I get to stay in touch with people who come in, travel from out of town to take the power of awareness and to watch your transformation has just been amazing. Mm -hmm. But here's what I want to focus on for now. Um, yes, that workshop, I, I know, gave you a lot of information so you could put things in context. Yes. So let me mention uh, a little bit. You talked about being an indigo child and indigos are the children and, and many of them are not children anymore. They are young adults who, like you, were born into an accelerated energy, uh, a level of consciousness on the planet, even though the people in the planet were not necessarily aware of that heightened consciousness. The planet is is a being and it is aware of its heightened consciousness and children were being born at that time. And the indigos, what, what's the age, the time frame of the indigos? Isn't that like 1988 it's or so? To tell you the truth, the first wave came in, um, I would say in the late sixties, even. Uh, I was yeah, born, that's true. Yeah. And I was born in 1971, but there's even people. So what I was shown is that since the beginning of time, there was always indigo. There was always the indigos. There yeah. were always the ones that were more enlightened, more connected, that were here to bring in the new blueprints of a new earth where we weren't suffering. But in our history of man 
kind, we were not able to ever collectively surpass the, yes. the consciousness expand into where it's at right now. But the yeah. 1970s, I would say, would be the first wave. Okay, that makes sense. And and there might be different terms or different names, but yeah. there have been absolutely from the beginning. We we are we every single one of us is is a, a reincarnation of the same energy that has been around. So there's only one energy and we are each expressing through what appears to be lifetimes, but all of us come in as these bringers of light, but it is a the level of awareness that we have about how to integrate that light of our divine nature with our human essence, our human uh, nature that, that the work of awakening is all about. So here you are, you're one of these beings who knows that you are connected to something grander. You you already have that that inner knowingness but let's talk about your upbringing because and and don't get into um you know me i don't want to get too much into the yeah. story because then that just becomes that just you know satisfies ego minds but give give our listeners a little bit of your story to put in context right. what you went through because that is what helped you then begin to sort out right. what you are from what you're not and then then we, I want to focus more on what you're doing today now that you're you're you know integrating that truth of who you are with your physical self but give us a little bit of that background because it was fascinating absolutely amazing what you had endured yeah so you know i was born in 1971 to uh, a father who was from originally his family's from italy so he grew up in harlem he was an alcoholic my father came from nothing and my mother was from her family's from mexico so she's mexican and they both met in new york city and i guess in my upbringing for the first 9 years of my life my father was probably traditionally like many people back in those days in the 70s, going to work nine to five, coming home. You know, he belittled my mother. He was very abusive verbally and emotionally and mentally. He called her a lot of names. I grew up witnessing my mother just wearing a nightgown around the house, sitting in her living room, depressed, watching TV, right, over and over again. And my mom died uh, early in 1981 from leukemia. And after she died, I was subjected to, you know, being babysat by a lot of different people and definitely went through suffering, being, uh, you know, molested. And it led me to being very separated from my family. It was very dysfunctional. My father ostracized us from the Mexican side of the family. So I lost all my aunts and uncles. We really didn't know what was really going on back then. There were no diagnoses out there for behavioral problems like mental illness was, you know, you had to be completely psychotic to go into the mental hospitals mm -hmm. in my days. You know, there was no such thing really as like a PTSD or some kind of minor disorder where they would give you medication and put you in a box. But I so in other words, there was not a lot of help for the mm -hmm. behavioral problems I started to have in school. I started to fail. And I eventually got involved in drugs and drugs led me to a lot of self-loathing uh, behaviors. I was raped a lot. I did a massive amount of um, things that I wouldn't say I was proud of because of the people that I hung out with. I grew oh, sure. up in New York, you know, and New York you were escaping. Was, um, you were 
Yeah, you you were you were a young girl without awareness of of how to be healthy because you didn't have those models, and yeah. you were just trying to escape the the nightmare that you were in. So you get involved in drugs, you you totally mm -hmm. descend into that world. Um, yes. yes, and it's sex, it's drugs, it's rock and roll, it's it's yeah. violent in many ways and destructive. Mm -hmm. So what had you want to get out of that that then brought you into where I got to meet you? G give yeah. us that that shift. Two years before I met you in 2012, it was December 8th, and I was living in New Mexico for 15 years and got off most of the hard drugs, you know, but I never gave up alcohol. And I think this is key to let you all know. There were a lot of addictions that I was still holding on to, even though I wasn't a full-blown drug addict. And in 2012, I got falsely arrested. I just I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, but I was drunk. And I really felt Archangel Michael come down when I was getting beaten by the cops. It was a false arrest. I was found out not guilty. But um, in the process of that all happening, I was visited by Archangel Michael and I was asked to choose a side. It was 2012. I was given a really direct message from Great Spirit. Uh, the the guides, my guides, were super mad at me. Mm -hmm. um, I I went too far. I went back to New York and I fell into drugs and I was starting to drink again. In none of that was supposed to happen. I thought, but it was supposed to happen. And mm -hmm. uh, in choosing the light, in choosing sobriety, I gave up alcohol and I was being guided by God. I said, "Now what?" And I couldn't bartend or waitress anymore. I had to give up the life that I once lived with all of the friends and you guys know every, yeah. all that stuff. So I relocated back to New Mexico and I was told by God that the condors, the future leaders were in Asheville or in the location of where you were at, like, cause I kept going to Georgia and Asheville and I was being guided to that area to counsel and mentor the youth because we are in the flux of the new earth. And so the, the Transformational Music and Art Festivals is what brought me literally to you because um, the people that were going to the Transformational Music and Art Festivals were just lifting up their hearts into the new earth. And we were gathering in ceremonies and circles with the music and the art and the performance mm -hmm. arts. And it was really grand and really exciting. And everybody was awakening and we all had new ideas. And this one woman, Lori Burkhead, um, who really knew of your work was yeah. like, uh, there's more work to do than just this. And she wanted us to go deeper. So I was introduced to you. And so that's what really, um, you know, it was a choice, you know, as 2012 was at the crux because really consciously speaking, the world was awakened, I believe, oh, yeah. collectively. In oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. We we had a major shift in 2012, which, you know, all the prophecies, the Mayans, mm -hmm. the Inca, so, so many prophecies have been uh, letting us know that in 2012, we were going to have a big shift. And and that shift, we're in the middle of it. And we we have just crossed a threshold that puts us onto that accelerated path of awakening. And what awakening is... <clears throat> is is a reconnection with the truth of who we are that that's all that it bottom line is mm -hmm. so let me talk a little bit about what i have observed happens to to us and how why it is that it's so important to integrate mind body spirit so many people have this knowingness like you that are born knowing that there is something different about them but who they are doesn't quite um 
fit in with the environment because there's a heightened level of awareness inside of a world that is unaware. So when your parents cannot understand what you're talking about, their language is totally different than what you know is um, to be your truth, then, then what happens is inside of that, you feel left alone. You feel alone, you feel abandoned, you feel rejected, you feel misunderstood. And of course, all that we can do is soothe ourselves. And that's when we then then tend to gravitate towards unhealthy things. So, so there are those who know that and within themselves are experiencing this connection. But what happens is that we also have mind and heart, you know, or mind, body, spirit, mind, body, uh, soul. So we, we do whatever we can, we can with our bodies, but we have a mind that needs to be understood. And the mind is, is what gets programmed. The mind takes in all the information about how to be in the world. And if your soul that is active and ready to express itself doesn't have the intellectual knowledge in the head, then we become split. Now we all become split because innately all of us have an inner knowing of the love that we are and call it spirit, call it soul. We all have that. But what happens is that when the mind gets programmed in survival mode, in protection of the body only, in in it's all about me. I've gotta, I've gotta just do whatever is best for me, we develop this egoic side of ourselves that it becomes very destructive. And the first part that it goes to destroy is us because it it is it is a desire to suppress feeling the natural truth of who we are. So that pain of not being able to be ourselves gets suppressed when the mind is not trained. That's why it doesn't matter who you are. You have to go through a process of mind training. You know, I teach a course in miracles and that's what the course in miracles says it is. It is a course in mind training. We need to understand yes. we have a soul and a spirit, but we have a mind. We have to train our mind because that's where all the beliefs are. And all of our beliefs are what propel us to, to either be in alignment with our truth or they paralyze us in survival because we're operating from what is not true. So here you are discovering that you're not your beliefs, discovering that you're not your self-loathing in, in the power of awareness, beginning to hear that who you are is okay. Who you are is not only okay, it's magnificent. Um, and that you are the presence of love, that you are a loving being. You just had not cultivated that aspect of yourself because that being you is what got you in trouble to begin with. So you were developing a relationship with you as you were beginning to hear the noise in your head, the voices in your head, the, the beliefs, that's all that it is. So take me from now. So you do the power of awareness. You become aware that you don't have to believe your thoughts over the last four or five years. What has that looked like? How are you applying that? How are you integrating? Because everybody has to go through an integration process. It can take however long it takes for most people. It's decades integrating because it is quite a journey. So go ahead and um, tell me. Oh, well, I'm so glad that you're with us. And yes, you are retraining. That's what we're all doing. Um, and it's absolutely worth it. As you said, T take us, Francine, through your process of integration over the last four or five years. It definitely set me on a journey as I was leaving the, uh, you know, when I went to your workshop, Robin Williams died that day that we end it, you know, he, oh, yeah. And for me, it really was really prevalent. So what, what am I going to do? Because, um, 
towards the end of your own workshop, myself, you know, had my own moment with all of you as my witness. And it was in your witnessing my upheaval of emotions, also in con conjunction with Robin Williams taking his life. In other words, it put me, my ass on a road I could never turn back on. I was super wanting to know, how do I get out of my thoughts? How do I stop this process? What is going to help me? And I was super hungry. The youth have definitely assisted me. We together knew, I, I addressed that we were out of balance. I'm an advocate for the mentally ill. I became an advocate both in the states of New York and New Mexico, certified through NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness. The number one thing I wanted to do was to realize that there's real no such thing in my, my world of mental illness. It's just trauma locked in the body and your thoughts that actually can cause you to become imbalanced. But as an advocate, I wanted to raise awareness and break the stigmas associated with mental illness and create a platform of social emotional education that would bring me and the youth that have suffered a lot, that yeah. were out of balance, that were definitely thinking bad thoughts of ourselves, that were definitely programmed, and we had no clue as to how to do it. So together, we journeyed uh, around the United States looking for every temple, every organization, any elder or way shower who would show us the way. And we have definitely cultivated a lot of research since then. Um, the number one thing I would say that would saved my life, literally, was finding a way to meditate and learning Qigong and learning yoga. Those three things actually brought me into my body and yeah. got me out of my head. The movement of Qigong helps me clear my own energy field and it assists me in taking control of my own life and my own healing. Yoga really helps me clear out and like literally, again, with Qigong, clear out my own um, body from everything that ails me. And getting into the body is probably the best thing and out of your mind because uh, we've, we are in these bodies and we need to take care of them. And most of us that have been awakened and then got involved in self-loathing behaviors have a, had a really difficult time of how, how to do it. So yeah. we went on yeah. a journey and I, I found some other spiritual teachers like Abraham Hicks. I would say that in the yeah. work that you do, um, I found Abraham Hicks, who really kind of was really super aligned with what you were teaching in The Power of Awakening. It was, it was the fruit that I could put together, you know, and literally eat every day. So I kind of got addicted to listening to her because she has transmissions on her YouTube videos, you could just put into this, you know, search link. Yeah. What is alignment? You know, and mm -hmm. you're one of the people that teaches alignment. So right now, uh, the number one thing that we're all concerned with in the United States, the visionaries and the light workers that are coming together to create the blueprints for the new earth, that's new businesses, new sustainable businesses. We're literally recreating the new earth right now. So there's, the old paradigm was in the patriarchal and we're no longer there. I am in the new earth right now. So that means I need, I am working with visionaries like you all around the globe who are putting together new programs, new retreat centers, lighthouses, uh, sustainable communities are now being built, you know, communities are being formed. And we found that the only way through this is together. Number yeah. one, to remember that we are the co-creators of our life. That's what you taught me. That was the number one thing that I took from the power of awakening yeah. is that we are the co-creators of our life. 
And number two, that we are in control of our thoughts. And if we're not, we need to learn how to discipline our thoughts. We literally will create whatever we say and we we feel it, then we manifest it. And I remember freaking out at the power of awakening, like, oh my God, I'm the one who created all of this. (laughs) And that's what you witnessed. And uh, that, that is the education we're bringing to the people. Now we found out that by getting it in a circle, so I, I facilitate medicine water wheels around the globe now. And I take the youth that are, you know, not well into nature and we rock hounds and we're building these wheels and we're getting in the circles and we're giving everybody a voice to just connect and yeah. connect to the earth, uh, connect to spirit and to pray. What is it that you are asking for in divine guidance and yeah. to thank great spirit mm-hmm. for the things that we have. And that amplifies by our words, our actions. And, uh, so that's like the main thing about <laughs> well let me let me take a couple of those things that you said and kind of mm-hmm. zero in on a few things and and it is i know you you call it the power of awakening it's actually the power of awareness but it's what leads to awakening it's 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 well i shouldn't say it's what leads to awakening awakening is happening but mm-hmm. becoming aware is what allows us to align with the awakening process because it brings us back in touch with with great spirit within. But you were talking about how you had to get back into your body. You had to make peace with your body. You had to learn to love your body because we are very destructive with our bodies, whether it's using drugs, whether it's through food, whether it's through lack of exercise self-loathing you know we've been taught we've been conditioned our mind has been filled with information about what the perfect body looks like what it should be like and we have we have developed such an unhealthy relationship with our bodies and but the bodies are vessels they're vessels that are allowing us to have this human experience so we've got to make peace with that because it's the one that we have and making peace with our bodies is a process of of cultivating self-love and I love your, you know, the things that you're doing, the Qigong and the meditation and the yoga. You know, when we're talking about mind, body, spirit, a lot of people enter into this spiritual journey, focusing on the body. Yoga brings a lot of people into this journey. Um, Trans dancing, Qigong, breathing exercises, meditation. A lot of people enter into this through that process of connecting with the body, becoming resensitized. Um, And that by itself is not enough. But it is a part of it. The other part, like you were saying, is, you know, you you already knew spirit was in you. You knew truth. You were already connected with that. And then the piece that I love teaching, which is what I've been put on this plan to teach, is that mind piece, that that sorting out those beliefs so that our beliefs can become aligned with the truth of who we are. And then you went on to talk about the work that you're doing with the youth and how how you are helping them realize that that we are we're all co-creators um but the piece that i want to zero in on is at the end of our workshop you did have a meltdown and and it was so appropriate because everybody that discovers <laughs> that they have created their own mess their own dysfunction their own suffering that through our perceptions we create how we feel inside and what we believe about ourselves it's always a very shocking very it's a very angry 
reaction because what happens is that when we begin to see how powerful we are and we've been complaining about the life that we have and then we come to that, you know, it's like that come to Jesus moment where you have to say, oh shit, I've created this. My yeah. thoughts are what have been activating my behavior. We are, we are self-loathing. We're telling ourselves we're not good enough. But every single time we say that we're always, our ego mind has us believe somebody else told us that it's their fault. It's, it's that person who didn't love me. It's this one who didn't um, acknowledge me. So we get caught up in the trap of, of blaming. And there is no way to awaken without total, complete responsibility for what we're thinking. Because how can you change your perception about yourself in the world if you're not the thinker, if you're not the one responsible for what's in your mind? And that is what I remember watching you um, (laughs) have that meltdown. But it was perfect. It was necessary. And it was absolutely beautiful to watch because you were having that awareness, but you were shifting in the midst of having that that awareness. Hey, Dondra, good to have you with us. So here you are um, realizing that you created your own reality. Tell me a little bit about that awareness, zero in on that awareness that you created your own reality. And then what began to shift? How did you begin to shift that? Hey, Melissa, thank you. It is a powerful conversation. I knew having Francine here would be powerful. So talk about your absolute meltdown in in that moment. There was that, you know, and and what caused that complete meltdown was there was a moment that I thought, you know, I couldn't create the life that I wanted and that people outside of me were going to limit me from actually creating the life that I wanted. And when I found out that it was my own thoughts that were preventing me from going forward, it, it set. So that was the first time I had this big meltdown. So I was diagnosed with bipolar two. So everybody knows here and PTSD um, from all of the trauma that I've suffered all of my life. So the power of a, of awareness was really the eye opener to wait a second here I'm the one really responsible for this. So how, how do I actually go from being a victim to being a survivor to a thriver? And exactly. <laughs> so what that entailed was for me to flip out a couple of more times, people hate to say it, but um, if I stayed inside my house and hid from the world until I was ready to come out, I wouldn't be here with you today. I actually had to decide who could be my friends and my supporters while I go around the United States and flip out a few times until I figure out how to stop this crazy train. Well, it has momentum. It has a lot of momentum. That thinking is going to have to wear itself out as we get comfortable with a new belief system about ourselves, as we begin to, to accept that we're powerful, that we're whole, that we're complete, because that's what we're, we're now, realizing is our truth, but we've been operating for decades out of an untruth that I'm not good enough, that it's everybody else's fault. And you can't make that U-turn right away. You can't go from being a victim to being somebody who's responsible for their, their reality. There is a process of adjusting and, and it is, as Melissa says, we, we will all definitely go through a, a process of rage. God knows I had my rage when I realized I had created my dysfunctions. I had created my suffering. 
So talk a little bit about how did you work through your your outrages and, and your your total and complete meltdowns because people need to understand that this is a messy process. It Waking is. up is very, very messy. Our uglies are coming out. Everything about us that is not that is not um, pretty comes out because the pretty is the mask that that um, we've been wearing. Hey, Anita, I'm so glad that you're you're joining us. Um, listen, l- let's talk about the ugly part of, of awakening. Most Thank people you. will not go there. And let me tell you my experience. I've been a coach now for gosh, 14 years, almost 14 years. Um, and most people are going to avoid looking at their ugly side, they're going to avoid taking responsibility because we are conditioned to put on a pretty face. So we're going against the conditioning that feels totally wrong to come inside. And we are petrified of what people are going to think about us. So walk us through your the ugly part of your journey. That really started the the ugly part of the journey. But I'm so grateful that you're bringing this up because as a light worker, right coming from the power of awakening, I hit the streets like you don't even know. And I started screaming to my friends like in a rage, so to speak, we need to talk about the imbalances that that we're experiencing right now. The shadow is it runs deep and our programming runs deeper. And how are we going to continue to step into the new earth? You know, we can get in a circle and meditate, everybody, and we can bliss out and trance dance. But what the frick are we doing to make a change? And how are we going to bring a better foundation for children if we don't create a new system? We need a new system here. But before we do, we need to discuss what's going on. And I'll tell you what, in 2015, following from the power of awakening, so many directors told me we're not ready yet. I said, you're not ready for what? We're not ready to talk about mental illness. We don't believe in that. I said, you're just telling me with all these people in America, one out of every four people in America either are affected by somebody in their family or themselves has a disorder or dysfunction or some sort of imbalance. And most of them are a cause of trauma. It's not, or environmental pollution, things like that. DNA, it's been passed down from generation to generation. It's not all ours. It's a collective thing. So 2015 started a conversation with a few brave people who decided to walk with me. And they're very brave people, let me tell you, because I would go to set up events. I would be in the middle of having something go on and I would have something happen where I got so triggered and I thought other people were attacking me. I thought other people were coming at me. And you know, there's infiltrators out there. There are people who are there to trigger you, to watch you go crazy and and get insane. There are people who would love to project their own shadow into you because you're the one raising your hand saying, I'm diagnosed and I'm crazy. So I put myself out there and I got attacked a lot, but by being attacked a lot, it helped me kind of go crazy. Every irritation is the invitation. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so it was really good. Um, I had a couple of episodes with people that really witnessed me. They held space. I I had a group of people who would step back and they became my witnesses. And in becoming my witnesses, I became loved. And by becoming loved, I started to love myself and accept myself. After one year of having a few episodes in 2016, the platforms of, okay, we're able to bring this to the public now. We need to discuss this. 
let's bring people together in circles and create like platforms for us to do the shadow work. So, you know, God guided me and told me that whatever the kids are seeing in you and whatever they're projecting to you, you should just raise your hand and, and admit it and, and yeah. take personal responsibility. So if they were telling me that I was triggering them because I was using violent communication, we're now being taught that there's a thing called nonviolent communication. Yeah. And the words and the ways that I used to speak to people was harsh, was yeah. very disconnected from the heart. It, came well, it, was coming, it was coming from your own disconnection, the, the yeah. harshness, uh, the egoic harshness in you. But hold on, hold on a, a second. I want to take you back to what you said, because it, it's so important. When you were talking about people witnessing you going through your messy uh, yeah. explosions, that is so important because mm -hmm. we try so hard to not show our messy selves. The reason we, we resort to any kind of substance abuse is to numb ourselves from our messiness. And we don't want people to see that messy side, especially not the people that, that uh, are the ones that we consider to be right. um, the ones that we're trying to impress. We want them to see how good and wonderful we are. But when people can sit and actually be a witness to our dysfunctions, to our sadness, to our anger, to our frustrations, to the part of us that wants to kill ourselves, the part of us that wants to kill somebody else, yes. when we can sit and be witnessed by others, there is a cathartic alchemy that begins to happen. There is a turning that hatred into love, as you said. There is a you are seeing me and my uglies and you're still here. Still here. That means that I must, I must somehow matter. I must have some kind of value. I must have some redeemable, worthy aspect of myself. Somewhere inside, we begin to realize, wow, maybe I am someone. And it is so necessary that we understand that when we get into the messy part of this journey, what they call the night, the dark night of the soul, and it lasts quite a few years and it comes in spurts. Um, when, when we go through that messiness, we are literally allowing all of that pent up energy that is the truth of who we are, that has been, that has been held inside of us wound up so tight it's like a like an atomic bomb it's going to yeah. go off but that is part of the process and it does two things it separates those who are going to be part of your posse going forward this is what the course of miracles likes to call our mighty companions and it's going to put the ones who are not going to walk the walk with us because you were talking about we are in a new earth. We are creating a brand new way of being with each other. There's going to be the path of fear and there's going to be the path of love. Well, when people can stand with you and watch your fears and, and see their own fears get projected and they can stay with you, that is actually love. Mm -hmm. So we be, the, the friendships, the people begin to separate. I know for me, I hardly have anybody from my past life that is still active in my life. Um, Everybody in my new in my life since I started awakening are new people who who are on this journey. We can speak about these things. We can hold space for each other. There's no judging. There's no competition because we all know that every 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 one of us is the presence of the creator expressing itself. And we just got confined in a story that we had to work through. So now here you are helping young people 
tell me, what are you seeing in this, these young people that you now, because of your awareness, because of your experience, now you can serve as a witness to what they're going through? It's, it's incredible. I, I just want to say thank you because it's such a heartfelt connection I have with you right now. Um, so much gratitude. Uh, I, I just have to say thank you. Um, if I didn't do the work and allow, if you guys didn't witness me that one time and tell me how much love I am, I would have never had the courage to go on the road. I have such that deep love for you because I did find the right people to witness me for the next couple of years. Uh, I love them so much. And uh, all these years later, I got really beat up in the spiritual community for bringing up subjects that nobody wanted to talk about for triggering people for, you know, behaving in ways that were not kind um, for being outraged and angry. Um, you know, we found so much about the Kali Durga that we're going through the energy of, you know, cutting off the head of what no longer is okay, you know, and I am one of those truth busters who was destroying the structure of what was, and I wasn't liked for it, but yeah. Including my homies that had to walk with me. It was difficult. It wasn't easy. But just this last winter, all these years later, can you believe it? I got phone calls from youth all around the United States saying thank you for calling me out and seeing who I really was and allowing me to know that I was being, I'm more powerful than what I was presenting. Yeah, And uh, I didn't like you when you did tr trigger me. And I talked bad about you. Many, many, many people said this to me. Yeah. Just And they're still making the phone calls. It's happening right now. Yeah. And it's overwhelming. That's why I was crying. Because uh, when you believe in God, you, you choose to be of service. Because Absolutely. Because it's work. You know, like we're yeah. here to end human suffering. It's just point blank. And yeah. so when you know... It takes years to do something. And then finally, you start to be received in the way that you always want it to be. Right now, I'm in that place where I, I was just told yesterday that I passed all initiations. I made it into the new earth myself. And I am now um, really leading the youth into these circles of the medicine water wheels. Big stuff is happening uh, globally and also around the United States and the youth are now the ones that I really believed were going to be the condors. But, you know, years oh, yeah. ago, it just, it looked like a hot mess. Yeah. Today, they are fully stepping into their leadership. And uh, we are mentoring each other, I like to say. Yeah. <laughs> really learn a lot from them. And I don't want to be one of those way showers and elders that thinks I know more than the youth. I want to recognize and acknowledge their big hearts of being starseeds, you know, that are- Oh, here. yeah with different energy than mine, you know, they're, oh, yeah. they're different than me. These, these star seeds, this, the, the, those that are the millennials, so to speak, as one's walking near me right outside here, I'm in, I'm living in a community and some of the millennials do live here right now and they're right outside. But, you know, these millennials have a lot uh, to offer us. They do. I'm just so, so glad that they're ready to do the shadow work and, you know, I'm so glad we're doing this interview right now because <laughs> part of what we're putting together right now is what will help the youth. And yeah. I really believe in the power of uh, awareness, right? So, so to speak, is one of the workshops that will help us take us into uh, that work that we need to do. And, oh, yeah. Um, I'm just, yeah, 
it's, they're now becoming the witnesses. Those that witnessed me are now witnesses for others. And totally is working. This is totally, totally. And, you know, Melissa was saying thank you uh, to you because you've been walking through that tough, tough love, tough divine mother love. And here's the thing that that um, I that I so admire about you and that you're such a beautiful and perfect example of. Um, When we go through the messiness of seeing our ugly sides we we really get to the place that we can we can handle anything and we can take other people not liking us we can take other people getting upset with us because what what we're doing is so much more um than this this silly little stuff of making a living and being being liked or whatever being popular or whatever when we align with god like you were saying we begin to hear that guidance inside and to me there is nothing that I want to do except that. What source is telling me to do is what I want to do. And it keeps telling me to just keep teaching the power of awareness, to keep helping people see their ego, to keep helping people heal the divide inside. Because if we don't heal the divide inside, we cannot be a part of the healing of the divide outside. It's not possible. So, yes, you've taken a lot of crap from people who just weren't ready to see their shadows. And one of the things that the spiritual community has to do it has to walk through its dark night of the soul. It is not all kumbaya and just, just you know, sit on airy fairy clouds, munching on crystals all day long. We right. have to, we got to get off of our spiritual asses and do the transformational work of looking at our ego side. We have got to look at that that story that has us feel superior as a spiritual person. I know for me, looking at my spiritual ego, falling off of my spiritual pedestal in total humiliation when I couldn't even save my own marriage and I'm a spiritual teacher was part of what helped me come into that humble place where I not only recognize that everybody's on the journey wherever they are, but those who are not ready and resist, you got to leave them alone you leave them alone. They will come when they come. Everybody's on their right and perfect timing. And those who get triggered by us will, when, when it's time for them, this lifetime or another one, they'll realize that those irritations were invitations for their awakening. And you're absolutely right, Spence. This is a beautiful conversation with, with Francine. Um, so tell me more about these amazing youth, what you're doing. Yes, I work with an 18-year-old right now that blows my mind. He is such a powerful teacher for me, but he, I'm helping him sort through that mental programming, you know, all that uh, Catholic upbringing and all the, the, the stories that he was taught that he is not this divine being that he knows himself to be inside. So for these young ones, it's, 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 they're moving through it a lot faster. They're, they're getting it quicker. What are you seeing? Tell me about our beautiful youth. I've been really placed in a position, you know, for my ability to channel. So I, I am a channel. I've been reading Tara, but I don't really believe in predicting people's futures and I'm not a psychic. What I would like to say is like more like you, like I'm a, a spiritual co- coach as, you know, as I had to allow myself to step into the dark night of the soul, who was a better group of people to do it with than the youth? I tell you. <laughs> There was a couple of great way showers and elders, you know, obviously that I had to work with that were really triggered, but they were also ones that were dedicated just like me to, you know, 
to look at their own PTSD. A lot of us way showers and like elders, you yeah. know, everybody said that they suffered from PTSD and a lot of the ways that we were acting were just so out of balance. So the youth and really, hold on a second. Hold on, Francine. Yeah. That PTSD is not only from this lifetime. And it's that's something that just because you don't have a conscious awareness of that, of that anger that you carry doesn't mean that it's not there. Because like you said earlier, it's one big collective. If it's in the if it's in one of our lifetimes, it's in all of our lifetimes. It's inside of this this uh, energy field. And as Melissa saying, no judgment, no judgment. We bless people on their journey. But I, I Sorry, I interrupted you, but I wanted to put that little piece in there is that so many spiritual people don't want to look at that because they're they're afraid of seeing that they might have something they've been carrying from a past life. But we got to heal it. We've got to heal it. Um, but we got to feel it to heal it. So it's got to come up. And if not, you know, not by you, not by me, great spirit will trigger everybody when when the time is appropriate. Um, okay, tell me about the youth. Back to the youth. I love the youth. Yeah, that's great. So what what one thing that I was introduced to was like the medicine water wheels through the elders. So I knew that coming together in circles were was a way for all of us to, to give voice to what it is that we wanted to heal. And it was also a moment for us to learn how to hold space and listen to other human beings speak from their heart and learn how to heal ourselves through the power of our awareness, right? And the power of our words and the power of the circle coming together. All these years later, after doing all these transformational music and art festivals and building medicine wheels with the youth, uh, we have dreamed together new businesses that will be implemented um, by the end of this year, fully with websites, uh, working together in, tours that are put together of a group. So a lot of visionaries around the globe, we've been seeing the visions for the new earth. And it kind of looks like maybe a, a honey bee comb, you know, where we have these circles of 13 visionaries, maybe the number could be anywhere between seven and 13 people that you work with. And this circle of visionaries that you work with are people that will support your work and that you will support their work. And what happens is we're no longer going into business for ourselves. We are going into a collective leadership. I'm no longer saying I, I am saying we, yeah. we are together, coming together to be the emissaries of light that we chose to be in this lifetime. And right now there's big stuff going on. I'm just so excited, not about how challenge in 2019 may be in astrology. I just want everybody to know out there, you know, we're, we're not going into a bliss state. We're still dealing with a lot of the shadow coming up and people doing the work. Oh yeah. But what we have now is the resources, the tools, the established people, groups, and communities that we can now go to. So we differentiate it. Uh, Maybe the people that go to transformational music art festivals, some of them are conservative. Some of them had some trauma. Some of them had more trauma. Some of them had so much trauma. And we're learning to divide these groups of people up and not asking for all of them to go to the same place. We're starting to have not rules, but protocols that will allow us to come into the facilitation of ceremonies and circles and businesses where we really are paying attention to the energy of every single human being. And we're learning 
are we resonant with these individuals? Do I resonate with you? If you get completely triggered by somebody, uh, yes, you have a lot of work to do. Then there's another aspect of that that you got to look at, which is, is this person for me? So once you do the work and you can send back them and their energy with love and light and you do the mirror work and you figure out what's triggering you about them, you do your own personal work. And what we, me and the youth have discovered is that in this discovering our own alignment, we're figuring out that we resonate with those of like mind and we get not so much resonance with other people. Not that we are to judge. And it's okay. It's okay. Right. It's just to know that there are resonant circles that we're asking to come together through a magnetized spiritual law of attraction, through the way that we think. I mean, taking your workshop would help you learn how to do this because first you need to get clear on what are you thinking? What's your story? But then you're starting to look at your group and your community. So what we're working on right now is how are we building communities? Okay, if we're not all gonna live in single houses separate with fences and whatnot, and we want to build these intentional communities. We found out in the last four years, we didn't we didn't come together so well. You know why? There are people coming from all different walks of life with all kinds of garbage, coming to the same container. And there was a lot of upheaval, a lot yeah. of triggering, a lot of bad stuff took place. A lot of dissonance. Gonna, yeah, we, we were not, uh, there was no resonance. We were not vibrating in, we in a cohesive way. So we're not letting like what we, what we allowed to happen back in all of time. You know, like, let's just say for the 60s, they, they got it right. But then they got introduced to like cocaine and other drugs and they got infiltrated upon. And many, many global leaders were murdered, you know, in the 50s and 60s and 70s, which caused a lot of the spiritual movement to cease. Well, we're not afraid anymore and we're not yeah. ceasing. And many of us like you will are continuing to do the work right now. So what's really, really, really prevalent about all of this is that uh, that we won't give up on building communities because we had some bad stuff happen. I just want everybody out there to know if you hear bad stories, don't believe all of it because we're new and creating the new earth. This is a new paradigm. We're stepping into the golden age and it's going to be a little of, you know, good and bad, but we're figuring this out by communicating, by giving it, yeah. voice, you know, yeah. works. Yeah. What work. And, uh, these transformational music and art festivals also got a bad name for all the drugs and self-entitlement and Native American appropriation and, and stuff like that. We brought voice to it. I was one of those who brought voice to all of that. We got to clean that up, too. We got to clean we that up. All it of it up. And how are we doing that? Well, you know, what I think is we're, we're coming together and having workshops on, like, how to enter a sweat lodge. What is a sweat lodge? What were the Natives teaching us about the sweat lodge? Instead of bringing kids on a, a, a big spiritual grounds where they may be doing drugs and, you know, then going into ceremony. So we're ceasing that activity right yeah. now. Well, it's it not, sounds like it's so much more sacred and, and yeah. It's, it's a little of everything right now. There's good festivals out there, everybody. And then there's bad ones, but we're also taking it, they're taking it out of those platforms. Those are the platforms to awaken the masses. Yeah. And even the kids doing drugs, it's, it's okay. It's serving. It's serving. Right. It's serving. It's serving. Yeah. And then people are now building the retreat centers right now. Yeah. Globally, there are so many lighthouses. Yeah. Everybody got land. Everybody's building. Um, we got so many youth that are now setting off in groups and they're going around the globe right now. I got people in Colombia, Mexico, Costa Rica, 
California, New York, you know, North Carolina. Yeah. So it's exciting. That's, that's what we're doing. Yeah, we're excited about it. I love it. I love it. Well, I cannot thank you enough for being willing to um, do this this conversation with me so that we can share what a, a brilliant light like you is out there doing in the world because I'm doing it the way that I do it and Melissa does it the way that she does it and and Spence does it the way that he does and Francine can only do it the way Francine does because every single one of us is important. Right. Every single one of us can touch the lives that we're going to touch so it takes a village of different expressions of the same one love of the same one um, awesome uh, presence of the creator that is here that is expressing itself uniquely through every single one of us. And I'm so grateful that you took the time to do your inner work, that you gave me the opportunity to witness you in in that power of awareness workshop where you had your meltdown when you had <laughs> to face the fact that yes, you are freaking powerful and you created everything. And it is not that we are acknowledging that we created our mess so that we can say, oh, wow, you know, look how powerful I am. It's so that we can say, if I created that, what can I do with that same power? Because that's when it shifts. So I want to ask you to, to answer one final question. What is, what is it that you practice on a regular basis to keep you aligned with the truth of who you are? I'm really glad to answer this question. You know, being on the spiritual path, uh, I had to ask for help after melting down so many times. And I did get on my knees to one of the indigenous grandmothers, the 13 indigenous grandmother, grandmother Sasa from New Hampshire, um, at one of the festivals last year, actually, I got down on my knees to grandmother Florida Mayo, actually, and I cried and I said, the visionaries were fighting. Uh, they're mad at me because I'm talking about being triggered. Uh, we're not creating, you know, you know, harmony within these groups that, you know, we should be creating the new earth. And there's like arguments and there's competition and there's challenge. And why are people getting mad at me for talking about things that we're supposed to talk about? And I'm doing the work, but they're not. And I'm doing it all wrong. I don't have enough help. What do I do? And Basically, Grandmother Sasa said, well, well, Grandmother Florida Mile answered the question. And she she said, uh, we need to pray and God will show us. That was the answer then. And then three months later, we were I was asked to become part of the core team to bring together six of the 13 indigenous grandmothers from around the globe and be honored to be in their presence. And I learned a lot in April of last year that changed my life completely and basically it was waking up in the morning. Grandmother Sasa said, you know, you are a child of God and you are praying, but everything that you do needs to be coming from God first. Are you praying to God and asking God to guide you in everything that you do before your mind thinks of the greatest ideas of what it can do? Yeah. And stopped. And I was like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> I think that I know what the answer is because I'm really smart, you know, and I you know, I'm really experienced too. So my mind was thinking a lot for myself in the collective. And I was not always asking God. So grandmother Sasa taught me something that I'm honored to share with all of you. She said that when she wakes up every single day, and I just had two doves walk, just fly by. When you wake up in the morning, face the East, face the sun, 
Give thanks to God. Give thanks to grandfather, son. Give thanks to the directions. Give thanks to the elements. Give thanks for your life, your light, your breath, for your body. And when you come into this gratitude for the first moments of speaking or thinking or doing, you are honoring not only yourself, but your connection to God and all beings on the planet. This will set a template for your day that is so powerful, nothing can actually interfere with it. After you pray and you give gratitude and thanks, if there's anything that you need for that day to get through that day, God wants us all to ask for help. But we need to ask God if we believe that the angels are the ones that help us, like our guides, we need to ask God to connect us to those angels. And I was also, I didn't know that. I used to just say, Archangel Michael, help me. Instead of saying, Grandmother Sasa said, ask spirit, God, I want you to connect with me, <laughs> me, with my angels. Bring to me the connection with Archangel Michael. Archangel Michael, I'm calling upon you through God. Please come to me and help me and guide me. And when I'm praying to God for everything, when I go out every day before I do my light work, you know, I'm set up for a healing fair every week. I pray for all of us that are coming together. I say, God, please enlighten the awareness of every being in Albuquerque and <laughs> highlight their awareness to come to all of the platforms on social media where I'm advertising and promoting and other people are promoting our events. Make these people blind eye go on Facebook that day and by accident find us <laughs> or have somebody invite them. And so I'm bringing awareness. I'm asking God. I know there's people out there that want the help, that want the counsel, that want the connection. And I'm asking you to align me with those that are 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 walking around lost, but they're absolutely looking for that alignment. Yeah. And what that does for me after this is my ritual every day. It's it's this. It's this prayer of being in alignment, totally knowing that God is going to align me no matter what good or what bad comes of that day. You know, <sighs> if bad happens again, I connect with God. I, I, I literally excuse myself if I get really triggered and I go to the bathroom and I look in the mirror and I do mirror work and I ask God to please align me yeah. with who I am. Help me to remember who I am. Yeah. And sometimes like within a second, I'll just start crying. Yeah. Light <laughs> in the love, right? I could see me. It's already in. It's inside. I, yeah. I, I just say, please assist yeah. me with being the light for this other individual who just triggered me. And I pray for myself first because oxygen mask, right? <laughs> to please, you know, send light and love to them and show me why am I in this situation? Yeah, And usually within a minor moot of a second, God will give me the greatest words, yeah. the greatest, you know, sometimes I'm supposed to talk to the person, sometimes <laughs> I'm just taking care of my own needs. Exactly. But in all scenarios, I yeah. am talking to God and my higher self, and I'm sending my love to me. And to the person. <laughs> so those are two self daily things I do aside. Beautiful. Qigong, you know, moving my body and yeah. getting into the highest vibration when I'm really mad is just about yeah. uh, turning on my favorite music and dancing. If I'm yeah. really upset and stuck, you have <laughs> to take control of that. Got to move it. Got to move it. So I'm doing right. that. 
Great. Well, I love, love hearing that. And of course, you know, this is on Facebook. So if you want to connect with Francine, just send her a friend request. I know she'll be happy to connect with you. She would love to have that. And um, Course in Miracles is really clear. God wants us to uh, just ask one simple question. And that is, God, what would you have me do? And the answers will come to those who believe. So thank you so much, Francine, for being here. Thank you to Lori for connecting us all those years ago when you came to the power of awareness. And, and I've had the pleasure of watching you all these years. Mm-hmm. I could you post your triggers. You post what you're going through. You're very transparent. You share yeah. your life as I like to share mine. Yes. So thank you. Continue being that beautiful light that you are. I know you won't be able to do anything other than that. And we will connect because I want to be in one of those festivals um, that you're talking about. I, I would love to participate. We're in coming. Like that. We're coming your yeah. way. Well, when you come to Atlanta, let me know. Let's connect and and have some one-on-one in-person time together. Thank you, sister. I love you. And remember, as always, we are magnificent. And to everybody who watched us, thank you for participating in this conversation, your beautiful love, your wonderful comments. share this if this was helpful to you and let's let's spread the word that we've got this beautiful Francine out there in the world and um I love you all and all I can say is we are so blessed let us receive those blessings today thank you very much bye bye everybody thank you bye bye <laughs>